Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the show that brings you news about medicine, technology and science breakthroughs from across the continent. I'm Halima Othmani. This week, we are off to Johannesburg to join Takhalo Tibela, one of the city's five and a half million residents. Um, so I'm at Helen Joseph Hospital. It is a tissue hospital, so we do get um, a huge patient load. We get exposed to a whole lot of procedures, a lot of different patients with different diseases. And it's frustrating because it's a government hospitals and government hospitals in South Africa don't have a good reputation. And that is because of a whole lot of issues, the staffing, the resources. and. Takhalo is a medical doctor, but she's a doctor with a difference as our reporter Dashin Moodley discovered. Um, hi, I'm Tahalo Tibela. I'm fortunate enough to be one of the youngest female doctors in South Africa at the moment. And how, how old are you? I'm 22 now. We'll be 23 in a couple of months. <laughs> I've always been the youngest ever since I was in like the eighth grade. I started school early and I was fortunate enough to skip a few grades. And it has been a constant theme throughout my medical school years. It wasn't that much of a big deal in high school, but uh, definitely started being a thing in medical school. And now it's becoming even more of a thing. With this new publicity, I may call it, it's becoming even worse. <laughs> um, so my the hospital I'm at did a profile on me as well last year. And today, one of the radiographers comes to me and is like, oh, hi, the face of Helen Joseph. I'm like, what do you mean? And I was like, no, you're actually the only doctor that's been on the newspaper of the hospital. I was like, oh, that's what you mean. It's becoming uh, a thing on a daily now. While black female doctors are still underrepresented in South Africa's health sector, researchers say black women now make up more than 12% of doctors, up from just 4.4% in 2000. While the average age for a male doctor in South Africa is 59, new data shows that with so many women now joining the field, the majority of registered female doctors are aged between 30 and 39. But at just 22, Dr. Tibela says she draws attention outside the hospital as well as inside it. This one time I was in my scrubs and I was on my way home. I was in a taxi and the lady next to me looked at me and she was like, are you not supposed to be in high school? And I was so taken aback. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm in my fifth year of med school at this point in time. I'm like, what do you mean am I not supposed to be in high school? But it, it happens a lot. Even now, um, you get people come to me and they're like, we apologize. I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, but how old are you? Because you look really young. And I just laugh it off. I'm like, ah, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm old enough to be a doctor. <laughs> Dr. T. Bela is now a qualified medical professional. But as a student, she says she was not always taken seriously. Um, so uh, my very first encounter was when I was a med student and I was doing my urology rotation. So we were dealing with males and um, I had to examine this patient. I was on call and 
um, I had this patient come in who had um, urinary retention and I had to examine them to try to figure out what's causing their retention. And at the end of that examination, I had to put in the urethral catheter for them. And throughout the whole process of the examination, you could see they were really uncomfortable. But once I told them that I had to put in this pipe that will help them pee, you could see that he was really uncomfortable because, like I said, I'm really short. I look like his great grandchild or something, and I'm here wanting to look at his private parts. And he didn't say much, but I, I saw that he was becoming very uncomfortable, and I explained to him that um, this is part of my job description. Um, I've done this a, a lot of times before. It's going to be quick, I promise. Just try to relax. And that actually calmed him down a bit, but you could still see that he was still a bit uncomfortable. And it, it happens a lot with the male patients, if I'm, I'm being honest. And I mean, you can understand their apprehension. I'm sure, I'm sure you get it, which is why you're you know, trying to be sort of comforting and understanding and explain all of this. It's something that I've heard that a lot of doctors lack. I, I feel like it's not because we lack it per se. It's because, not that we are taught, but you, you learn to try and not get your emotions too involved. Um, because if you care a lot, it will eventually affect how you leave the hospital on that particular day. In the beginning, when I started last year, I used to take in so much. Like every patient that walked in, I'd carry them home with me and that drained me. Dr. T. Bela finished high school when she was 15. Six years later, in December 2020, she graduated from the University of the Witwatersrand with degrees in medicine and surgery. It was the height of the COVID-19 pandemic in South Africa, and Dr. T. Bela was on the front lines. Is it, is that, that sounds pretty challenging. I mean, at any age, like, what is it like for you? Like you said, um, it is a challenging experience, no matter how old you are. I just wonder if maybe I just stayed in school a little bit longer and actually, you know, finished with um, my, my, my peers, maybe I would have been better prepared to deal with what I'm dealing with. But when I think about the different people that I'm working with in the different ages, I realize that it's not really about my age. My age doesn't really play a factor into how I'm processing and dealing with everything. But now the days where I've been up for 26 plus hours and I just... I just can't, can't, can't do it anymore. I'm like, you know what, I, I love this, but I wish I didn't have to work so much. <laughs> um, I, I can just go on and on and on about how exhausting working here actually gets. But in all of that, in all of that exhaustion, I have that one patient that reminds me that this is worth it. With 3.5 million recorded COVID-19 cases and more than 94,000 associated deaths, South Africa has been the worst hit country on the continent. Scientists are still studying the virus and a lot remains unknown. For some members of the public, the virus and the medical procedures around it remain a mystery. Dr. T. Bela tells Dashin how this has affected patients at Helen Joseph Hospital. When I started, it was, um, I think it was just after the second wave. 
Fortunately, we didn't have as many COVID patients during surgery, so it made um, catching up on my skills a bit easier, if I can put it that way. So I had time to learn how to become a proper doctor and how to do things. But then the third wave hit when I was in internal medicine, and this is the most hectiest of rotations because this is where you see everyone from TB, pneumonia to renal failure and heart failure. And I remember this one call um, in our casualty. We usually, we had like six rooms with oxygen ports. In each room, we had about three to four patients trying to share this one oxygen port. And we did, the hospital was full, the COVID wards were full, and you would see the frustration and the patients and the family members. And knowing that there's nothing you can do to help, I feel was the, the worst for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're a doctor. They're training you to do something. And now you're presented with a problem that you have no solution for, right? The worst part is now the family member coming to you and saying, my dad has been here for two days has been sitting on this chair for two days. And what are you actually doing? Like, how are you helping him while he's here? What, what do you, like, how do you respond to that? You can't say, yes, we're doing our best, but had the hospital, had it been a little bit bigger, had it been, had it had more oxygen pores, had it had, you keep now going through all of these things that the hospital doesn't have at this point, and you think, Maybe if we had this, this would have been better. And this was the time where Charlotte Batlake also bent down. So everyone was coming to us. And it was the most heartbreaking situation to work through because just imagine sitting on a chair for 24 plus hours. Sitting on a chair and... You, you're here because you need help. You're here because you can't breathe on your own. Yeah, that made me <laughs> not want to be in medicine anymore for a little while because I felt helpless and hopeless. And the main reason I decided to do medicine was so I can help people. But I felt like in that point in time, I couldn't. And what, why was I there? What was the point of me being there if I can't even help these people that came to me for help? In November, Omicron hit South Africa. As Omicron spreads, people are asking just how contagious is the variant? Data suggests people are showing symptoms more quickly than with other variants and are spreading Omicron faster. Scientists in South Africa say the new Omicron variant of the coronavirus appears to spread more than twice as quickly as Delta, which has so far been the most contagious. Our doubling time at the moment is uh, about 1 to 1.5 days. It's In other words, every one and a half days, we're doubling in numbers, so it's it's rapidly increasing. That's on the one hand. I remember around November, just before I had my leave, we had one COVID ward, and it had like two, three patients. I come back, and we have two COVID wards, full. And I'm like, how is this possible in just the space of a week? Like, how have we upgraded from one to two COVID wards? And we had another small ward that had like five patients. If we had to take them to theater, the prepping alone for the surgeries would take about two to three hours. 
So now you're there waiting for two hours just for this one case when you probably could have done three by then. So that, the oh my God, like if you saw the backload, if you saw, it also turned into a thing where patients would be sitting on chairs, sleeping on the floor, just waiting for the operations, just because we have to do COVID cases, which are taking forever. So now we have patients that have been there for like a week and a couple of days, and you have to do another COVID test for them. And it's very uncomfortable because we do the nasal swabs. And they're like, no, but I had it two days ago. And you have to explain to them that, yes, I know you had it two days ago. I know it's uncomfortable, but we're going to be doing this operation today or tomorrow. And we need to have a test that is more recent. And they, they will re- reluctantly say, oh, okay, it's fine. I understand you can, you can do it. But uh, something as invasive as a COVID test, if I come to you every three days, I'm like, okay, I need to do a COVID test. But you don't know why. Yeah, you, you end up labeling patients as being hostile and not wanting treatment when they actually don't really understand why you're doing things you're doing. So it took a lot of time and it affected a lot of people. And a lot of our, my colleagues were getting sick and now you had to take in more work. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just a disaster. Despite the challenges of COVID nineteen, Dr. T. Bela tells Dashin she's still passionate about medicine. I've always wanted to be a doctor. Always, I've actually had one of the nurses tell me to take a break and eat something <laughs> because once I get started, I just want to keep going, keep going. I forget that if I don't take care of myself, I won't be able to take care of my patients. But once I'm in the hospital, it's my patients first, and I'm always trying to help them, always trying to make sure that they're okay, and I forget to take care of myself. That's all we have time for this week. To find out more about Takalo T. Bela, one of South Africa's youngest medical doctors, go to the SciDevNet website, www.scidev.net. And you can subscribe and catch up on all Africa Science Focus episodes on your favorite podcast app. Today's program was produced by Harrison Lewis and edited by Fiona Broom with reporting from Dashin Moodley. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. I'm Halima Athmani. See you again next week. This program was funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York.